This episode of the Holly Fueled Nutrition Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. To get 10% off your first month of therapy, visit the link in the show notes, which is betterhelp.com slash hollyfueled. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash H-O-L-L-E-Y-F-U-E-L-E-D. Hello, everyone. My name is Holly Samuel, and I am a registered dietitian, certified personal trainer, have my master's in health education and eating disorders, and I'm your podcast host today. Today, we are going to continue our supplement myth-busting series, which you guys have honestly told me you love. (laughs) Um, So it's been super fun to create these episodes. Um, My team and I do a ton of research um, to kind of get as much information as we can before creating the key takeaways for these episodes. So if you're new to the Supplement Myth Busting series, know that quite a bit of thought goes into these short episodes. And the idea is to kind of go through the what, the why, the when, and the like, if it's worth it, (laughs) of various supplements that are out there on the market. Because as you may have figured out, the supplement industry is like endless. Um, there's so many supplements out there. There's probably more than I can even keep up with. And that's like part of my job to keep up with them. (laughs) And I learn about new ones every single week from my clients and from listeners and followers. Um, so it's super helpful. Like if you have a supplement, you want me to go over on one of these episodes. And if I hear about that from enough people, or it's just extra enticing of a topic, um, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram, um, or send me an email at hsamuel at hollyfieldnutrition.com. And we will add it to the list. There's a long list. Like this series is going to continue for a while. So, (laughs) um, give me more ideas if you have stuff you want us to cover. So, In today's episode, we are going to dive into creatine. This one has been asked (laughs) of us for a long time uh, to create more content on. I always get so many questions about creatine. So let's dive right in. First of all, what is creatine? (laughs) Um, A lot of people might think of it as like a white powder um, that tastes pretty bitter, But in general, creatine is found in our skeletal muscle, brain, um, liver, kidneys, and also in like the testes of males. Um, About 95% of all body creatine, though, is found in skeletal muscle. Um, It plays a role in ATP production, which is general energy production. So that's why a lot of (laughs) athletes um, have some interest in creatine because who doesn't want more energy? Creatine is synthesized in the kidneys, um, liver, and pancreas from amino acids, glycine, arginine, and methionine. So it is created by amino acids, which is one reason why it is found in skeletal muscle, aka protein sources. So from food-based sources other than supplements, creatine is very commonly found in animal products like red meat, fish, um, basically meat products, um, because like I said, it's found in the skeletal muscle. The phosphocreatine shuttle is the main source of ATP during max effort exercise that lasts less than 10 seconds. So for people who are in more short burst activity sports like sprinting, um, you know, or powerlifting where we are 
doing a lot of work in a very, very short amount of time. Creatine's been around for a while as a supplement. I think it's more new to the endurance community. Um, and we're going to talk about why in this episode. High dose creatine oral supplementation has been shown in research to significantly increase total muscle creatine concentration. So basically that means if we do supplement with creatine at a higher dose than what may be found in your typical adequate, you know, animal product protein sources, this can create um, more creatine in the body. So supplementation doesn't just go right through us, you know, it sticks around is basically what this study has showed. So now that we kind of understand what creatine is and what it does, which basically it's produced by amino acids, it's found in protein, it has to do with power and energy production. Now we might kind of understand why it's talked about so often um, as a supplement that may be beneficial as an ergogenic aid. So we have talked a little bit about ergogenic aids in some of the past um, episodes because certain things have, you know, basically touted that they are an ergogenic aid. But if you're like, what the heck does that word mean? <laughs> Let me define it for you real quick. So basically an ergogenic aid um, is anything that can boost or improve your performance um, as like in an athletic way. So just some examples of things that are pretty well researched, spoiler alert, <laughs> ergogenic aids, caffeine is one, um, carbohydrates are the biggest one, <laughs> um, electrolytes are the biggest one too, creatine is another one, beetroot powder. So there's a lot of things out there that have been touted as ergogenic aids. We're going to do a lot of podcast episodes in this series on ergogenic aids because those tend to be things that I get asked the most questions about from athletes. Um, we do have other supplement myth busting series episodes on things that aren't, you know, ergogenic aids, but may tout like health benefits. Um, so typically ergogenic aids don't really tout health benefits. They shouldn't be, you know, detrimental or have a negative effect on our health. Although some of them can, in high doses. And some of them also are so performance enhancing that they are banned for use in competition, like steroids, <laughs> um, or really high doses of caffeine, which is why it's so important to know what's in your supplements, especially if you are a competitive athlete. Um, so while they may not have super big health risks. They shouldn't have health risks. They can, um, but ergogenic aids are basically touted more for performance benefits. Whereas some of the other things we talk about in the series are more health beneficial supplements like omega-3s or protein powder or those types of things. Um, whereas they're not really seen to be like super performance enhancing. Uh, maybe they are because they can improve your health, but this is a bit of a different animal. <laughs> so in terms of just like your sedentary person on the couch, are they going to get insane health benefits from creatine? Probably not. Cause that's not really what it's meant for. It's meant to boost or enhance performance, right? So is creatine worth the hype? I'm going to go through some pros and cons with you guys. Obviously, you know, I live in the gray area <laughs> when it comes to this stuff and most things that I recommend, especially because 
I'm recommending it to a large amount of people right now. I don't know each of you individually. I don't know your medical history. So obviously this is not a replacement for individualized nutrition um, counseling or medical advice. And you should seek that from your sports dietitian. And if you don't have one, you should get one. Hey, I'm Holly. Um, <laughs> but in terms of you know, do you like creatine, Holly? Yeah, in general, I do. You know, I do think that it is a pretty well-researched um, supplement substance. It's something that, you know, does seem to have more health or more like ergogenic aid pros than cons or risk. Um, however, 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 big asterisk, it's not for everyone and it's not a magic pill. <laughs> Sorry. Um, if you don't know me by now, you probably, you know, are shocked. But if you do, you definitely saw that statement coming. <laughs> it's it's not a magic pill. You know, if you're not meeting your overall calorie needs, if you're not consuming enough protein, if you're not consuming enough carbohydrates to fuel your performance, if you're not hydrating properly during your workouts, um, or just doing like proper training, like adding creatine to your regimen isn't really going to do <laughs> much for you. Um, it's going to do more for you if you're meeting your basic, your basic needs like really, really well consistently. And honestly, in my experience, a lot of runners are not, um, we know at least about half of endurance athletes are under fueling, whether they know it or not, or whether it's intentional or unintentional, um, is a separate conversation, but a lot of people aren't meeting those kind of basic foundations of the pyramid. So, we need to be doing that before we add fancy things like supplements like creatine <laughs> to our regimen. But that being said, creatine research is pretty, it's pretty good. Um, so it generally seems to be safe and well tolerated by most people. I will say I don't recommend taking creatine if you have a history of kidney disease or just kidney issues or even just wonky kidney related labs. Um, I also don't recommend taking creatine if you're not good at staying hydrated. <laughs> um, if you're not drinking enough water, having enough electrolytes, it's probably going to cause more harm than good on your kidneys. So, um, you know, if you have a history, kidney issues, creatine may not be a great idea for you. Um, you know, talk, talk with your doctor and your sports dietitian about that. But for everyone else, it's generally safe and well tolerated. We don't know a ton about creatine for pregnant or breastfeeding people. Um, so that's kind of one where that's always an area <laughs> of medical advice and nutrition. That's just like, well, we don't know a lot about it. So just don't do it if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Um, and I kind of agree with that. I mean, there's not much research on benefits. There's also not much research on risks. Um, it doesn't mean that there aren't any. And again, if it's kind of like that top tier of the pyramid, let's just focus on the basics during that temporary period of time and add this in later. That's kind of my take on that. Um, but of course, talk with your doctor and your sports dietitian about that. Creatine um, can promote enhanced performance and lean muscle mass with proper resistance training. So if your goal is to build strength and actual muscle mass, like you want to tone your body and build muscle mass and build functionality, because I love it when people have this goal. It's a great goal. Um, and it's more from an abundance mindset than a restrictive one and allows you to grow instead of be restricted, which is better for us, in my opinion. Um, creatine can be super helpful for that on top of eating enough, on top of getting enough protein and all of that good stuff as well. 
Creatine can improve muscle recovery and damage in resistance, anaerobic, and endurance training. So um, it can help you recover better from strength training. It can help you recover better from anaerobic training. So like heavy sprints, like maxes, um, one rep maxes, and also endurance training. We're kind of seeing that creatine tends to be more effective the shorter duration your exercise is. It tends to have more of an ergogenic aid the shorter your exercise is. So you might be thinking, well, I run marathons. Like that's not under 10 seconds long. Um, you know, but we are seeing that creatine can actually help improve muscle recovery from endurance training. So while it may not necessarily improve your performance in the marathon, it may help you build muscle mass if you're strength training and eating enough. And that can help you with, you know, the marathon. Um, and it can help you from recovery from your training, which can help you in the marathon. <laughs> so it kind of has more indirect ergogenic benefits from that regard. Creatine also improves power and work in anaerobic training. So if you are a sprint athlete or if you do have sprint training or if that's something you're working on, creatine is definitely something you should have as a tool in your toolbox if it is safe for you to use. And we see creatine um, can actually help with glycogen storage capacity when consumed with enough carbohydrates, water, and protein. So again, we have to meet the basis of the pyramid first. We have to be eating enough carbohydrates like, you know, all the time at first. And then if we add creatine to that situation, it can actually help promote a greater glycogen storage capacity. So for marathoners, like this can be huge. If you're able to store more of your body's preferred fuel source, you can basically deepen the pockets of your glycogen storage capacity. That means you're going to bonk less or you're going to bonk later and later and later in the race. So this can make a really big difference too from an endurance aspect in that capacity, but only if you're also consuming enough carbohydrates. Because um, if you deepen your glycogen storage capacity, but you don't fill it up with carbohydrates, you know, it's not doing you much good. Creatine can also reduce levels of muscle soreness, muscle damage, and inflammation in runners in particular. One study did find this, which is why um, it is kind of something that is up and coming in the endurance community that should be used, especially by people who are like athletes in the endurance community who also lift and are want to be functional humans. <laughs> like this can be a helpful thing for you to add. We see that creatine can improve heat toleration in endurance athletes. So this is if you're someone, you know, who maybe um, has like a hard effort coming up um, that's going to be hot. Like if you have a hot race, it may benefit you to supplement with creatine. And this is because creatine, um, it's stored with extra water. So I'm going to talk about that in a minute. And if we are retaining a bit more water, we do, we do tend to tolerate the heat better because you're better hydrated, which is one reason why if you're not good at staying hydrated supplementing with creatine may not be a great idea for you because we kind of need to have enough water on board to have creatine be able to do what it's supposed to do without um, basically making it harder for your kidneys to, to process it. Creatine may also reduce symptoms and slow the progression of neurological diseases. This is some newer research that's coming out, but we are seeing it may, question mark, have some health benefits as well. Before we get to the risks and potential cons of creatine, let's take a minute to hear a word from our sponsor today. 
I am so excited to welcome BetterHelp as a new sponsor for this podcast. Thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, all you have to do is just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's a chat, text, phone, or even a video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for some reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you can get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, <laughs> more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price, and you can do it pretty quickly. To get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash hollyfueled, visit the link in the show notes. And again, that is betterhelp, better com slash H-O-L-L-E-Y F-U-E-L-E-D. I've used BetterHelp myself. A bunch of my clients have also used it and other people that I know from my personal life. And it is such a helpful resource. So if you have ever thought about wanting to get started with therapy, the best thing you can do is to just take the plunge, get started, book the appointment, and start getting some help today. Now let's get back to the episode. Okay, so back to creatine risks. <laughs> so again, there aren't that many risks. Um, you know, the research does seem to be robust with creatine, but we do see that ergogenic benefits of supplementation with creatine do diminish with increasing duration of activity. So the longer you are working out for or trying to perform for, so like endurance folks who are <laughs> listening to this podcast, this is you, um, the less direct ergogenic benefits it may have. But Again, it may help with recovery. It may help with glycogen storage capacity. And these things can very much indirectly still benefit your performance. Um, so kind of a risk, kind of a con, but not necessarily really. <laughs> um, another con is that obviously creatine supplements are not regulated by the FDA. Supplements are not regulated by the FDA in general, which is why it is so important to have a high quality supplement. So some creatine supplements are going to be higher quality than others. So if you're going to take creatine, first of all, make sure you're eating enough calories, make sure you're eating enough carbohydrates, and make sure you're eating enough protein and fat and are well hydrated. And then, you know, after you cover those bases, because <laughs> um, again, right, creatine's found in protein sources. So we can get this from food if we eat animal sources of protein, which I'll get to in a minute. But if you do want a supplement, you want to look for a supplement that's third-party tested. So looking for something that is NSF certified sport, informed sport certified, or informed choice certified. And you can go to Google any of those labels, go to their websites, and you can look up particular brands that are certified. Um, or, you know, whatever your creatine supplement is, you can just kind of check to see if the those labels are on there. I know this is like a you know, an audio podcast. So I can't like show you the labels, but I did do a post on this recently with the labels visually on my Instagram. So if you need a visual, you can either Google informed choice, informed sport, NSF sport certified, and see any of those three labels, or you can check out my Instagram post 
Um, certain brands off the top of my head of creatine that I have used um, that are third-party tested are Thorn and also Momentus. Um, so you can try either of those. I think Legion is another one. I think that one's third-party tested. I think that's Labdoor. That's another good third-party certification as well. So um, you want to look for third-party testing because you don't want to buy a supplement with your hard-earned dollars that one, doesn't have creatine in it, <laughs> um, or two, has too much creatine in it compared to what the label says, um, or three, has other stuff in it that's banned that can have, you know, health decrementing effects um, or just not be beneficial or be harmful. Um, so, you know, your, your supplement is only going to be supported by all this great research that I'm talking about if what we actually want in the supplement is actually in the supplement. And a way to guarantee that, um, or to at least have a better idea of if that'll happen, is to get a supplement with one of those third-party testing labels. Um, so another thing that can happen with creatine um, is weight gain. So like I said, creatine stored with more water it helps you retain more water, which can improve your toleration to heat. Um, it can kind of make it look like you have increased hashtag swole <laughs> muscle mass. Um, and it can also make you gain weight. So it's not uncommon to take creatine. Actually, this is what should happen if you take creatine and are properly hydrated to gain a little bit of weight. And again, that's not a bad thing. That's just something to be aware of that I know can mess with some of you. And if that is messing with some of you, even though you're having performance benefits and you feel great, I would recommend you just stop using the scale as a measurement of success. <laughs> um, I'm going to do a whole podcast episode on how to wean yourself from the scale and why I recommend that to most people if that's something you have interest in. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> um so who should consider taking creatine? Like now that we've kind of gone over what it is, what it does, the research, pros, potential cons of which there really aren't that many. Um, we want to know like who is it, you know, going to be relevant to me and who do I recommend it for? Basically, again, if you have kidney conditions, if you're not well hydrated, if you're not meeting your bases may not be an option for you. Um, but if you are just like a healthy individual, um, of all, you know, any age, you can take creatine. Um, it's going to benefit those who are in like more power-based sports, like high intensity, sprint, short duration, explosive activities, power lifting, that type of thing. The most, um, those people are going to benefit the most. If you strength train, you would benefit from taking creatine. If you do anaerobic training, and if you do endurance sports, you will still benefit from taking creatine. I also tend to see creatine can be really helpful for plant-based athletes who are not getting creatine from animal-based proteins. So creatine is found in skeletal muscle. If you're a vegan or a vegetarian, you're not eating any skeletal muscle, right? So it may benefit you to supplement with creatine, amongst other things, um, to be you know a well-informed well-rounded plant-based athlete, especially if one of your goals is to, you know, improve your performance, gain muscle mass, enhance recovery. Protein and complete protein and creatine are going to be really important for you. If you are female and you're having like a hard time gaining muscle mass, um, or that's a goal, or again, you want more power, um, this can also be super helpful for you. I also tend to find a lot of females don't meet their protein needs. Um, 
So again, you really want to do that first because <laughs> that's going to have even more benefit than taking creatine. Um, but then taking creatine may be a good option for you as well. If you're anyone over 40, if you're <laughs> quote unquote aging, which is ridiculous, you know, 40 is not aging or old in my opinion, but from a research standpoint, we do start losing muscle mass every decade um, without even trying as we age, hate that word, over 40, because it's just a number. Um, and taking creatine may be helpful to help you maintain some of that muscle mass, maintain some of the power that you're losing with the muscle mass. Um, so if you are, you know, female, plant-based, and or anyone, any gender over 40, um, you might be the population who benefits the most from taking creatine, especially if you are in a short burst sport, if you're working on that, or if you are in an endurance sport, because it can help with recovery. So that's kind of who I think benefits the most from taking creatine. Um, now let's kind of go over like dosing and how to take it. So what we want to do is take three to five grams of creatine monohydrate um, per day with plenty of fluid, because again, we want to be hydrated. Um, there is some research on like creatine loading, which you may have heard about. Honestly, <laughs> um, loading's not really necessary. It's more helpful to see just consistency with taking creatine like anything else. So you don't really need to do the loading. I mean, the loading is technically 0.3 grams per kilogram per day for three to five days or 20 grams per day and five gram doses spread throughout the day for five to seven days and then increase muscular creatine and continue supplementing three to five grams per day to maintain levels. That's just a lot of rocket science to me. So if you can get the same benefit from just taking a scoop of your three to five grams of creatine per day, most days and be consistent with it all the time, <laughs> that's going to have the same benefit for you. And that's going to be an easier habit for most people to adopt than trying to load. You may benefit most from the loading if you're in like a short burst sprint power-based sport. And I know most people listening to this podcast probably aren't. <laughs> so just taking that dose every single day as consistently as you can you're going to see the most benefit. Um, and also something to kind of be interesting of note, if you're doing that in training, like some of you might've heard the glycogen storage capacity bullet and been like, Oh, like I have a marathon this weekend. Let me start taking creatine. No, 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 no. Again, nothing new on race day. Just, you know, if creatine is something you're taking consistently through training, it's something you can continue through your carb load and your marathon and seek that glycogen storage and performance benefit from. So again, it's about consistency and keep in mind that consuming it with carbs and protein and water may increase absorption, which is why we always want to think about doing those things anyway, <laughs> um, in order to help our chances of getting ergogenic, ergogenic benefit from creatine. That's kind of a good summary. I think good stopping point to keep this on the shorter side of my long-winded podcast episodes, uh, summary of creatine. Um, so in general, yeah, seems like a solid supplement, seems like a well-researched supplement, seems like it has minimal risk as long as you are kind of like a normal healthy person with no, you know, like kidney disease in your family, kidney disease in yourself. Um, may not be a great thing to take while pregnant or breastfeeding, just not enough research on that. Um, so talk to your doctor or sports dietitian about that for you specifically. I do know people who have taken it. 
while pregnant or breastfeeding and haven't had any issues. Um, but that's not research. That's just clinical observation. So um, I have taken creatine myself in training um, and outside of training. I do personally find when I am like, especially half or full marathon training with, I strength train like three to five times a week. Um, so I do a, quite a bit of strength training. I do find it helps me recover and I'm less like sore, which kind of lets me continue to train at that capacity. Um, so while I'm not sure it has like given me any sort of like performance enhancing benefit directly because I'm not like a sprinter or a power-based athlete, I'm not lifting like super duper heavy. Um, I do think it's helped me recover from my training and therefore been able to do more of it, if that makes sense. And that definitely has performance enhancing benefits. Um, I personally have taken Thorn, Momentus, um, and Legion creatines in the past. I like them all. Honestly, the, the dose is pretty small. It's like a small amount of powder. And I would typically take it either before or after training. Um, some people really recommend taking it before, but I've seen people take it before and after and have similar benefit, especially if you have like a run in the morning and a lift later, like it's going to benefit one of those, <laughs> um, if not the recovery and then the performance of the next. Um, but I'll usually put a scoop of it in my protein shake. Um, I'm someone who really likes to use protein shakes. They're just convenient. I don't often have like a great appetite and I'm just like running around, rushing around after I get back from a run. So getting in some liquid protein with my creatine, also using almond or whole milk and getting some vitamin D and calcium in there too. Um, like right after my workout before my shower is something that I like to do and it just makes it easy. I can never like, I buy the unflavored creatine powder so you can never taste it. Um, so just throw it right in, it shakes right up. And then I'll have like a full meal, you know, after my shower, which I'm sure you guys have seen me do. If you follow me on social media, I'm a creature of habit, but that's how I have personally used it. Um, I know some people will also mix it with juice or water um, and take it that way. Um, so again, it's not something you have to take. Again, this is like top of the pyramid, like top 1%. How can I move the needle forward if I'm already doing all the things? And I know a lot of people are not already meeting their nutrition needs consistently. So that's really where you want to start. But I hope this was a good overview. If you had questions on creatine, that kind of helped clarify some things for you. Um, if you have taken it or have any other questions, um, send me a DM on social media, comment on the post that goes with this podcast episode. Make sure you support our sponsors. Know that when you support the sponsors for this podcast, you are directly supporting me so that I can keep putting this free info out for you guys. If you do want to donate to the cause, if you want to support the podcast directly without supporting a sponsor, you can now do that. There is a um, contribution button that has been installed in this platform now, where if you do want to, you know, give a couple dollars, if this has benefited you, that's something that you can do. There's no pressure. If you think I'm worthy of that, something you want to do, um, it's there, but I really appreciate you guys so, so much. I love putting out these episodes. It's super fun to nerd out and do the research, um, and then try to sum it up for you in a cohesive way, <laughs> um, on this platform. So if you've been enjoying it, um, support us in whatever way you think is best, whether that's monetarily by supporting the sponsors, um, or just sharing this episode, sharing the podcast with people, you know, 
rating it and reviewing it. That really helps as well on your podcast player of choice. Tag Hollyfield Nutrition on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok if you do choose to share. And thank you so much. Happy running. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 